0: Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for joining us today, and our guest today is Senator Roger Marshall. He's an outstanding conservative senator from Kansas, also a physician and Army veteran. Senator Marshall and his wife, Lena, live in Great Bend, Kansas. They have four children, and Senator Marshall is, by any standard, a great American. Welcome, Senator. It's great to have you with us, and I have to say... It's nice to know we have you and a few other doctors to offset that legion of attorneys on Capitol Hill, the hundreds of lawyers in both the Senate and the House. Thank you for joining us here on The Great America Show, Senator.
1: Yeah, Lou, it's great to be on The Great America Show. It's great to hear your voice. I know we've got some great topics, and, and you know that was a common question I, I got. You would be called doctor or senator, and to be honest, I... I I'm a first generation college student and getting to go to medical school and graduate from there was just a, the uh, my American dream. Um, and as near as I know, doctors are more popular than politicians, so I better stick with that.
0: And uh, I think some would argue a lot more essential. Uh, yeah, and we sure. appreciate it. We appreciate everything you're doing, both as a physician, uh, as a as a servant of the people in the US Senate. And I want to turn to a couple of things that you have uh, done now, uh, in in which you've uh, designated, uh, introduced a bill to uh, designate the the Mexican drug cartels as terrorist organizations. Tell us about how that came to be, uh, and and how you uh, formed that uh, that bill.
1: Right. So so Lou, well, first of all, the the cartels are terrorists. Uh, that they, they qualify under the definition by by every. Even even a doctor like myself can figure that out. But you probably know that Governor Abbott's been leading this fight, and actually the the state legislation in Texas has been asking this for for 10 years to do this. Uh, I've been to the border three times. The last time I took five sheriff's officers from Kansas with me and constantly asking those folks, what more tools can we give law enforcement uh, down there? And this is one of them. Uh, it, it'll give the law enforcement officers more, more teeth, prosecutors more teeth, and then it allows the U.S. Treasury to engage financially to freeze their assets as well. So it really came about to me was just visiting with the, the local law enforcement officers down on the border, who, by the way, are working their tail off. My dad law enforcement officers. I have a lot of respect for what they're doing down there.
0: Well, I think most of us, uh, I can, you know, it's, it seems like we can only say most of us in this country right now. The divides are deep, and they're. And they're vivid, uh, but I think most of us, by a great majority, uh, support law enforcement, support national sovereignty, and insist on law and order as a fundamental uh, precept and value of, uh, of this this great nation. Uh, so I'm delighted that you've done this and that you are pursuing that, and to give them, to give law enforcement, uh, to give our governors, our state governments, uh, all government at all level. Uh, the kinds of protections and powers that are necessary to deal with these drug cartels, which and, I, and I'm going to say this uh, straightforwardly, they control both sides of that border. Uh, you can argue about the, how far that extends that uh, that conflict zone, if you will, uh, from uh, from the border north uh, into the United States and from the border south into Mexico, But the cartels are in charge of it all. And right now, the level of illegal immigration is extraordinary. The indifference to the suffering that results to the American people, the damage by these, uh, the the criminal illegal immigrants among all of these uh, is devastating. Uh, Whether it's fentanyl, whether it's sex trafficking, this country, this country has been tolerating all of this for far too long. Don't you agree?
1: Well, absolutely. And, and to your point, the cartel has an active presence in Kansas. Again, I stay in close contact with all my sheriff's officers. Even in Kansas City, Kansas, Johnson County, the cartel is alive and active. And you have done your homework. You must have been to the board yourself because the cartel literally has people up and down the border greeting these people, stash houses, and then they're coordinating the human trafficking uh, along with the drugs as well. And this is why I say that Kansas is now a border state, that we set at the intersections of a north-south route, three arteries, Main arteries coming from Texas through Kansas. And then from there, they can break and go to Chicago or to San Francisco or, or New York as well. But you're spot on. We are making that this president has made the cartels g- billionaires. I think we would be stunned to see how much money they're making. They're making more money from trafficking people through Mexico and getting them into uh, places like my hometown of Great Bend, Kansas, than they are from the drugs. So that's how significant this is. I don't know. So like you said, 3 million people uh, minimum have crossed the border uh, illegally since this president hit Culver. And let's just say it's $10,000 a pop that the cartel's making. And I'm not gonna do the math without a calculator, too many zeros.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is too many zeros but the the reality is we've heard, we've heard numbers even higher than that uh, up to $15,000 uh you know and i'm sure it varies in sectors and yeah. so forth but it's an immense amount of money that we're talking about we're talking about billions of dollars just in the smuggling of illegal immigrants add to that uh, the the smuggling of the poison that they're bringing across in the form of deadly drugs, which they mean, and by the way, they're working in concert. They, these drug cartel terrorists, are working with the Chinese to bring as much fentanyl uh, that kills 100,000, at bare minimum, Americans every year. Now, the great sin to me is that this president is aligned with the cartels, he's aligned with China, He's aligned against the American people, against the American family, the American community. My God, what does it take for people to wake up and understand what the Marxist Dems have done in taking over our entire federal government?
1: Yeah, Lou, let's just talk about fentanyl poisoning for just a second. I want to emphasize this is poisoning. This is murder. To your point, these drugs are the precursors are manufactured in China. They're brought to Mexico. China has chemists working with the cartel to turn it into fentanyl, and then they bring it across the border. Again, I've witnessed this with, with my own eyes. The cartels dump 100, 200 people with children across the river. We our border patrol officers rally to save them. Meanwhile, five miles down the river, the bad, bad guys, terrorists, along with the drugs are getting across. Uh, Fentanyl poisoning, how does our president sleep at night? Let's just describe how bad this is. We've lost more Americans, mostly young adults, to fentanyl poisoning over the past year than the entirety of the Vietnam War. So think about that. Over 75,000 fentanyl poisonings in the past year. We lost 57,000 soldiers, and I'm not belittling, and I honor those soldiers as well, making the ultimate sacrifice, a veteran myself. But how does the president sleep at night? When he could stop this, he absolutely could stop it by securing the border. Uh, every day in America, two or three hundred people dying from fentanyl poisoning, and it's growing. Uh, this Halloween, buyer beware! Watch your kids. Be on the on the lookout for this uh, candy fentanyl that looks like um, the, what the, the, the sweet tarts that you and I grew up with, right? Uh, as, as well. So it, this is this is a a huge health epidemic. Um, meanwhile, this president's focus on COVID, which we have. We are relatively under control, but this is the big concern right now for young adults and our high school, college age students.
0: A huge concern. And by the way, it's killing more people aged 18 to 45 than any other cause right now. Uh, and we know for a fact that the numbers that are understated for fentanyl deaths. 107,000 was the uh, estimate uh, early on. Uh, we know that, as you know, uh, the number of, of deaths caused by fentanyl are well understated, and the problem can't be overstated. Uh, this is uh, a, a national crisis, and this is a president who is impaired as he is, uh, as in, in comp- incompetent as he is mentally, uh, he has to be held and the Dems have to be held responsible for the Marxist cartels that are driving this presidency and the Democratic Party. I have to say to you, Senator, I don't know how any person with a conscience who understands right from wrong, who values this great constitutional republic, could possibly vote Democrat ever again in their lives after what we've seen this party become. Your reaction?
1: Well... Lou, certainly I I do think the Calvary's coming. I do think it's gonna be a tsunami. Uh, We see what's happened in the Italian election, in the the Great Britain election, the Swedish election. Uh, Even these socialist countries are saying our safety and security is a priority. The number one national security issue right now, today, for America is our southern border. And I cannot go back home without people talking to me about the safety and the security of, of their families. Certainly the cost of gas and groceries Uh, is is right up there as well. We've done over a hundred town halls now since I was elected to the Senate two years ago. Uh, We're five counties short of completing that circuit, and we'll get that done soon. But this is absolutely on everyone's mind, and I think that the closer we get to November, that we're going to see that that election is a referendum on Joe Biden and his Marxist-Socialist policies, that uh, he's obviously he's driving up inflation his policies are what created inflation this recession it's why we have this fentanyl poisoning epidemic this is why your families are not safe and secure i'm doing everything i can up here to put my fingers in the dikes of this fentanyl poisoning issue but meanwhile uh, every day the president is opening up another floodgate it's it's that simple
0: it is it you mentioned floodgates i mean that is just why it's it's relentless Uh, what the Marxist Dems are driving. And I purposely call this party the Marxist Dems because they are without question following Marxist doctrine uh, and ideology in what they're doing in education, what they're doing to the American family, uh, what they are in every aspect of their governance. They are Marxist in both tone and character and content of their policies as well as legislation. We're, we're looking at an administration, as you well know, that has driven the national debt uh, up over uh, $31 trillion and headed higher, added $10 trillion in federal spending in the course of two years, for crying out loud. We see another application for more money now to, to send to Ukraine without explanation. As we are watching terrorists amongst those illegal immigrants crossing that border, uh, many of them, Venezuela, for example, emptying its uh, its jails and sending those uh, felons, dangerous felons, uh, to our southern border with the full cooperation, by the way, of Mexico. Let no one mistake this. Mexico is our next big, big foreign policy issue uh, because they will have to be stopped. And I think there is no doubt that uh, Manuel Lopez Obrador uh, means for his policies to prevail rather than ours and he will do whatever is necessary to to follow the cartels and their interests which is exactly what he's doing now. That means either we defend that border or we might as well simply turn over and uh, raise a Mexican flag over the Southwest.
1: A lot to unpack there. Let's talk about spending for a second. $31 trillion of national debt. Um, This continuing resolution now that's uh, that's, uh, before us, we had a a, uh, procedural vote Tuesday night, and then we're going to vote on final passage here very, very soon as as well. Um, And and to your point, another $20 $20 billion of inflationary spending, uh, more to Ukraine. Look, you, of course, we want the best for Ukraine. We want to help them. We've already given them over $40 billion. The rest of the world, I'm going to guess, is given 10 or $15 billion. All we've asked for was $25 billion, $25 billion to secure the border. You recall President Trump and DHS asked for $25 billion to secure the border, and Nancy Pelosi said, said no to that. Um, I I would take the $25 billion now, that's where my priority uh, is, but we don't need more inflationary spending. I want to go back to this Marxist socialist policy you're describing as well. This president uses emergency declarations to usurp powers, our constitutional rights from us, and that's why we're trying to end those, those emergency declarations. So the president uses those to justify his inflationary spending and he uses them to enforce unconstitutional mandates, like vaccine mandates, uh, mask mandates are still in place. Our kids in the Head Start programs, these are what? Three and four-year-olds are still required to wear masks. Our military is still required to get vaccines when 95% of Americans have some form of uh, immunization already. Uh, it is a Marxist policy. This power, absolute power, has corrupted this president. He won't let go of these emergency powers. That's why even yesterday on the floor, we had a unanimous consent bill to end these, and the Democrats
0: objected.
1: Well, of course, you know
0: that's who they are. These are Marxist Dems. These are not, you know, the, the Republican Party has a lot of rhinos, Republicans in name only. They're actually Democrats, uh, but the Republicans, because they have an R by their name, I uh, prefer to call them Republicans. They are rhinos and name-only Republicans. And there's no there's no balance in that, is there? Can you tell me if there's such a thing as a dino, Democrat, and name-only? Uh, because I, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's it's odd that we have those rhinos and seem to be proud of it, and they don't have any dinos. Now, there's a dino gap here. And it's also a gap in in, in cognitive power between the two parties. Because the Democrats are obviously smart enough to make certain that all of those people who have those Ds next to their name are united, committed to one another and to their agenda. And even though that agenda, in my judgment, is perfidy and, and, and demonic, as well as Marxist, if they're not entirely synonymous, uh, it, it's, it's outrageous that the Republican Party is governed by louts. And the Democrat Party is governed by community organizers and activists of the highest possible experience and talent, and they are taking the Republican Party to school. And unfortunately, they're taking
1: the United States of America to hell. Well, we'll Lou, I'm going to stick up for my, my fellow people. Remember, President Reagan said, don't speak ill will of your fellow Republicans. We have stuck together. Uh, we we were able to gut this first continuing resolution. We took Joe Manchin's horrible permitting bill out that would have been inflationary and really hurt the oil and gas industry as well. We, we rolled them back from $50 billion of extra spending to $20 billion dollars. We've actually stuck together pretty solid. I I can't speak to the Democrat uh, Party. Uh, Certainly there's very few people in the middle anymore. I think both parties have have leaned further left and and further right. Uh, But again, let's talk about the future. That's why this election is so important. You know, people talk a big game, but we do need folks to get out and vote, and there's plenty of uh, reasons to get out to vote, whether you want to stop inflation, you want your, infl- your families to be safer, if you want local control of your schools, then people need to g- get out and vote, realizing that all these Democrats that are running as moderates, uh, as soon as they get here, they're going to be puppets of Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. That w- regardless of what happens, we've got two more years of Joe Biden. We're stuck with him, uh, even though he probably couldn't pass a cognitive test. We're stuck with him for right now. So we've got to get out and give us every fighter that we can and paint these Democrats for who they are. They want abortion up until the time before the baby is born. Uh, They want to federalize elections. They want open borders. That's just people ask me, why won't Joe Biden fix the border? He wants this open border. Why won't Joe Biden fix gas prices? He wants $5 a gallon gasoline because otherwise electricity, electric cars don't even compare to the cost of operation. So we got plenty to fight for up here.
0: This is a national crisis, a national emergency, because our nation's existence uh, in this election is what is at stake, Senator, in my judgment. Uh, your thoughts, and then we'll move on.
1: I can assure you that we wake up every day here trying to win the war, not just the battle. You If know, I'll be back home for town halls and people will say, why does Susan Collins vote such and such? And I'll tell them, you know, Susan Collins is going to be the last Republican senator from Maine. And she's trying her best to represent her constituency. So we do have Republican senators that are from purple states. And, and I think that they have to have some responsibility there as well. All I can tell you is we as a-I I do feel that our caucus, and we're having lunch together every-three three days a week, we're having lunch together. I've never seen us so close. I've never seen us so 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 committed to protecting the values that we grew up on. Um, we're not perfect. I think that we are a reflection of, of America. And I'm just ever optimistic that we're going to move in the right direction. I still believe America is this bright, shining city on a hill, that we're uh, still the beacon of hope and a champion for life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. I'm preaching to the choir here, Lou, but but I still believe in our caucus. I believe that we're going in the right direction. Uh, I hope so. Uh, would you call yourself America first? Absolutely, I, I would. I'm, I'm an, and I'm an American first as much as anything. I, I, I'm more of an American first uh, than I am a Republican. I, I think, you know, be, being a patriot, being a former uh, military officer, the son of a, of, a, of a father who was served in the military, whose uncles, great uncles went to Normandy Beach. Absolutely. I'm an American first. I don't begrudge any other country anything. I wish them well, but not at the cost of my family's safety or their financial security. I I think that there's a place for trade, but absolutely I'm an American first, absolutely. I'm I'm going to try to put you
0: on the spot then. Do you believe Mitch McConnell is America first?
1: I I do, Lou, and I know you and I are going to disagree with this. Um, No one is more committed than Mitch is to keeping a majority. And I think that he is doing everything he can to make that happen. And I know that you disagree with him often, uh, but he plays the long game. And no more than a person waking up, you know, the day after my Chiefs lost their football game a couple last week, we have all the solutions. I truly believe he's a great patriot and an American first. Uh, and he's playing a four-dimensional chess game where the, where time is indeed the fourth dimension.
0: Well, time is a dimension that is dwindling uh, and it is an element uh, within that uh, uh, fourth level world that you're talking about that I think is also very opaque uh, and certainly not obvious because we're looking at a president who is impaired, incompetent, and I think you would agree unfit for the office he holds. Why is it that the Republican Party is content to even contemplate leaving him in that office uh, for another two years? Why isn't there a national discussion and insistence? Whatever happened to the idea that the Republican Party uh, can be the home of the middle class working man and woman and have their voices heard in Washington? We know still corporate America, though it's moved to the left and is just as Marxist as as the Democratic Party seems to be now, uh, it is who's being reflected there. The, is it the 71% of the country that still wants Donald Trump to be president Republicans? That is, uh, is it the, uh, the, you know, the country understands that the loan forgiveness will cost something like a trillion dollars, not 400 or 500 billion, it's going to cost about a trillion dollars. And there were still a discussion around continuing resolutions instead of acting on budgets. And by the way, leaving this a uh, as a opportunity for a lame duck, if indeed the Republicans were to win the house, a lame duck session to make a decision on the on the budget is outrageous, don't you think?
1: absolutely uh Lou, and that's why I voted against the continuing resolution, and I'm going to continue to vote against it, is because it does end in the middle of December. Uh, rather than going on into January, when we can then have, we surely surely Kevin McCarthy can give us a better budget than what this one is going to look like as well. I want to go back to this working class, Lou. The yep. Republicans have become the party of the working class. If you would join me, um, you I I am now welcome in union halls in Wichita, Kansas, aerospace union halls, uh, the the pilots and the and the. Um, the people that keep us safe, the security folks at the airports, all those people, those unions, we have become their party. They're the ones that are being crushed by Joe Biden's inflation, that are those are the people that are being crushed, but they don't feel safe and secure at home. These are the people that want to control their schools and don't want Joe Biden controlling their schools. So we are becoming that party, and we're going to continue to reach out to those folks. Um, you know, again, my dad was a police officer. I'm from that working class people, and I think more and more senators being elected, Congress members are from that working class rather than the uh, the elite lawyers that you referred to earlier.
0: Well, and, and I'm, I'm proud of you for that. I also come from a working class family and have been fortunate uh, with uh, all that this, this country is, uh, have, has given me and my family. Uh, and I want that you know for my grandchildren as well. Uh, and I know that everyone listening to us does. What people are trying to figure out is why the Republican Party isn't hammering this president and this democratic Marxist Democratic Party for, for the rampant inflation. The fact that we are now in recession, two consecutive quarters of recession. We are watching the the middle class in this country, working men and women, entrepreneurs, small business in particular, are being hammered by these policies. And we hear the, from the Republicans basically crickets. It's as if they're content to go into this election hoping that they don't say anything to offend one vote. Uh, when they should, it seems to me, at least. Uh, and I know you are, by the way. I want to be very uh, clear. One of the reasons you're on this show is because I know who you are and what you're doing for this country and applaud you uh, and, and support you. But there are too many people who are simply, I, I find it unconscionable that not one single Democrat, you can argue Joe Manchin, but that gets to be a whole nother discussion, There's not one single Democrat stepping forward to to be a moderate to say, you know, my party is wrong. This is evil. When we start supporting indoctrination of children in the second grade and gender uh, and sex classes, uh, when we support the idea of class uh, class, (laughs) <laughs> the idea of CRT, uh, ESG, IED in our corporations, in our schools, our universities, we are indoctrinating a nation to be Marxist, not Americans. And we have to understand that in its totality, this is already frightening to a group of people, our our American middle class, who are being told they're racist, are being told it doesn't matter that their gas prices are now almost double what they were, uh, that they have to buy an electric car or they're an enemy of the state, that they have to accept an impaired president who is a prop and a puppet, uh, and pretend that everything is okay, even as the, the country's in recession, and oh yes, you get to have inflation for as far as the eye can see, and don't mind that $8 trillion that just got ripped out of the stock market. Your
1: thoughts? Yeah. Maybe let's talk about inflation. Let's just drill down that just a second. I do think that we have a message out there that we are the party that can solve inflation. And and really, this is not brain surgery. It is really re-implementing the the economic policies of Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan. and It is just that simple. The number one thing we have to do is slow down the government spending. But beyond that, when you look at inflation, it's always led with energy prices. So energy accounts for about a third of inflation, groceries maybe 20 percent, and housing 20 percent. So that, this is my concern right now. People say, oh, how long is this inflation going to last? I see no end in sight because this president is doubling down on his energy policies, which decrease the supply of energy. When it comes to groceries, this president has declared war on American farmers uh, with with his energy policies and his green religion that he has going on. And the housing costs are going to rocket because he's disrupted the supply of labor, that we don't have people. We're paying people more to stay at home than to go to work. Right now, a family four in America can easily get $45,000 of federal aid tax-free, free health care, free housing, free medicines, free food. So it would take a and it would take a person making a family making sixty thousand dollars a year just to come even after taxes to what people the wards of the state are making in Kansas. That's probably an average salary, believe it or not. Sixty seventy thousand dollars a year right. is an average salary for a working family in Kansas, where you can raise two kids and maybe have a bass boat. Uh, so. So that's the policies that we are focusing on. We do have solutions. And again, it's not rocket science. This is simply implementing, re-implementing President Trump's uh, economic policies. We had the greatest economy in my professional lifetime under Donald Trump, and now we have the worst.
0: It's it's straightforward, isn't it? And yet,
1: and I'm gonna go back
0: to your friend, Mitch McConnell. He never once stood up for President Trump. He never stood up for Republican values. Uh, as, the, as President Trump was persecuted for six and now in its seventh year of political persecution, he never once stood up for him or stood with him. Even though, even though you can walk into the RNC, uh, the Republican National Committee, and never see a picture of Donald Trump, 71% of, of American Republicans, Republicans, uh, uh, Americans, all but seventy-one percent of Republicans want him to be the uh, the candidate in twenty twenty-four. I am so proud of you uh, to give the president, uh, President Trump, credit for what he contributed to this country. I think he's one of the most uh, powerful. Uh, presidential figures in this country's history. Certainly, I think the greatest president in his first uh, four years, and I look forward to his second, obviously, uh, in 2024's uh, election. I, I, I want to give you the opportunity, as we all do all our guests, for your your concluding thoughts here. Uh, I applaud everything you're doing, Senator, and And I want to say particularly about the bill that you were co-sponsoring with Representative Nels uh, to introduce uh, the Angel Family Bill, helping family members of those killed by illegal immigrants in the country. Uh, That is to me very important. And by the way, you mentioned I've been to the border. I've been to the border. I've lived on the border. And I started my career as a journalist on the border. So, yes, I've been to the border. And I know the the depth, the level, and the breadth, and the toxicity, uh, and the latent, the latent poison that uh, is imbued throughout that border, uh, and it's been there for fifty years. I'm sorry to say, uh, you get you get the last word, and I promise that that will be the last word.
1: Okay, Lou. Well, it, truly, it has been an honor. And the great thing is, is that. You and I can have a discussion, and I think we use your wisdom and my wisdom and people around us, and we come up with the very best of solutions. So I appreciate a platform to to have this discussion. I I am proud of this Angel Families legislation. Again, this is something President Trump started. He he, uh, had this program called VOICE the Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement Office that he started to help support these Angel families who lost a loved one uh, because of, a, of an illegal immigrant, whether it was from drunk and driving or, or worse uh, as well. So we're gonna try to codify that and bring it back into legislation. But at, at the end of the day, this, this whole conversation, what's important to me is that America remains that shining city on a hill. And the only way it does it is if there's a change this November that this election is absolutely a referendum on Joe Biden, that he is responsible for the increased cost of gas, groceries, and housing, that he is responsible for the open border, for the murder of hundreds of Americans every day from fentanyl, That he's responsible for our kids' education going the wrong, the wrong way. He took, he took a year of education from our kids by locking them out of schools And now he wants to force a policy that that would not be consistent with American values. And I'm going to do everything I can to to preserve those traditional American-first values, values like faith, family, community, education, and hard work. What's important to me or my dad taught me is to have a faith that you wear in your heart, not your shirt sleeve, that you have a family that loves you no matter what, that communities can best solve the problems if we keep government out of the way, that hard work is not a dirty word and that this country was founded on hard work and innovation. And lastly, education controlled locally is the great equalizer in this nation, that in America, you can still be anything you want to be if you're willing to work hard. And we're the luckiest people, I'm the luckiest person in the world to have been born in this country, and I'm just so grateful. And I hope, like like you and I talked earlier, I want to see my kids and grandkids have the same opportunity that I've had. And I can assure you, I've just begun the fight. Thanks, Lou. It's great to be on with you.
0: Senator Roger Marshall, great American, and God bless you. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Here tomorrow, our guest will be Attorney Ty Clevenger. Clevenger is a defense attorney and the president of the Transparency Project, a watchdog group seeking to inform the public of much that our government wants to keep hidden from our prying eyes and curious minds. Clevenger has just won a big ruling on evidence surrounding the Seth Rich laptop. That's here tomorrow. Please join us. And until then, God bless you. And may God bless America.